Hey, I'm Matt Hudges, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Great, Matt. And you? I am doing well. Good. The, uh, my microphone's not working, so I got to put on the headset, which is kind of like something I had five years ago. So anyway, episode 161, three not-so-simple steps to wealth, right? Three not-so-simple steps to wealth. This came out of a conversation. You know, we've got our four pillars of wealth. Our four pillars are you got a business, uh, use that business to, to buy real estate, your office building, other revenue producing real estate, um, retirement plan, use that money to fund a retirement plan, and a wealth accumulation account. Put money, we got wealth accumulation. Talking to one of my clients, and he he's, you know, he's a simplifier. He was even simpler than that. So he was like three steps. Hey, look, I've I like what you're saying, the four steps, the four pillars. I got three steps. So we'll debate kind of, or, and you know, his three steps, three steps to, to, to building wealth. He said, it's real simple. It's only three things. You got to make money, you use your business to make money. You got to use your business to save money and then use your business to invest that money. So those were his, his three, hey, you got to make money, save money, invest money. So let's put it out there. Yes, he's yeah. right. But this is why yeah. I'm calling this three not so simple, because yeah. of course, make money, save money, invest money. That that's great yeah. advice um, on paper. But right. now, how do you go about doing that? And that's why right. we're having this discussion. So first one, make money. Um, yeah. So you're now, talking about me using the business to make money, which is goes back to a lot of our coaching stuff, right? It's, we can find you fifty thousand, seventy five, a hundred thousand dollars. You got to have the business. It's got to make money. And at first, it just makes enough money to cover your basic needs, right? If that's all your business is doing, that's not enough. That's what you and I always talk about. Hey, you don't have a business, you got a job, right? You need the business to generate more money than that. It doesn't just need to generate enough money to pay your bills. That's just a job. It needs to generate excess cash flow to do all this other stuff. Yeah. And so, so the first step in this thing is, is to make money. But that assumes that, that, assumes that you have the discipline to take money, regardless of how much you're making. I don't care if your business is making $50,000, like you're paying yourself $50,000 a year, and that's it. You better be taking $5,000 off that 50 and putting it somewhere else. You meaning outside, even if your business sucks, you still have to discipline yourself to like, so, so you're making money to save money. Like most people say, well, my business is just getting going. And you know, all of a sudden you got a hundred thousand dollars a year of income, but you're still not saving because you your your lifestyle. It's funny how it creeps up, right, with your income. That is his version of save save money, and his simplified version, which 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 is you know uh, goes back to kind of the pay yourself first, the profit first model. It's you know track your spending, uh, set a savings goal, put money away automatically. So he's trying to cover what you just said in his little, oh yeah, so you make the money, then automatically you save, right? You do this profit, profit first is a great book. We've talked about it. We love talking about it. We teach people that where it's, hey, you put a certain amount of money away every month for taxes. You put a certain amount away for, for, for savings. Yep. You put a certain money away for uh, um, lifestyle stuff, sure. you know, pay your bills. Even so, so he would say that he would automatic, automate his savings by doing some version of a profit first or and that's automatic. Mike McCallowitz, uh, Mike McCallowitz's profit first. Prior to uh, profit first though, was E-Myth. Um, yes, okay. Uh, uh, Gerber, I uh, can't think of his first yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, 
you know, he really stressed this. But you can go back even before Emith and go to Robert Kiyosaki, which is probably right. the book that opened my eyes most. But let's just agree that your your guy's right. Step one is make money. Now, we I would add to make money, which you already said. <laughs> Bless you. In right. in business, you you got to have a business if you really because you can make two hundred thousand dollars a year working for someone else, um, and that. I don't believe will supply you enough to build out the four pillars. If you just had a job all the years to really build your dream. Yeah, lifestyle. correct. Yeah. You need, you need a business to do what we're talking about. with yeah. the four pillars. Okay. I totally agree. Um, it's so make money is just not enough. Have a business. So we agree on step one, step two, save money. That's great. Um, his step three is invest money. Now this right. is where you are an absolute expert in, building retirement funds, um, tax uh, benefits through retirement, all of that. And so, yeah, you can invest money, but if if all your eggs are in one basket. Well, that's what I say. I think he means invest across all of them, right? So take that money that you're saving. You make the money in the business. You save the money, and then you invest it in all the things, which go back to our pillars. You invest the money in real estate. You know, buy your office building first, and then other revenue-producing real estate invest the money in a retirement plan and invest the money in a wealth accumulation plan after tax monies that you're going to have on the island. So I think it fits right in. He just said, instead of the three other pillars, his is almost like one pillar. Hey, you just invest it. You invest in real estate, you invest in stocks and bonds, you put a retirement plan together, you buy another business, almost everything said, you know, you bring on a partner, you help, sure. you know. But it, on the surface, again, that sounds easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Investing in real estate. Yeah. Uh, realistically, my philosophy is you shouldn't be using a lot of your own money to invest in real estate. Right. Um, right. Real estate is always about leverage. And the more leverage with the least exposure. So people, the, there's a whole adage in investing in real estate that um, you, you should try to control risk. Yes. But just because something has tremendous upside doesn't mean there's any downside. You can invest in real estate and have zero downside. Now, you can't do that when you have other people's money that you're utilizing to buy investment property because you got to treat that money like it's your own. However, you, there are a lot, of, a lot of people right now, and I'm, I'm going to say right now, this is uh, uh, what, uh, what, what are we, March 3rd? March 2nd, yeah, March 22. 2nd, 2022. Yeah. There are, there are places in the United States right now, literally, that many, many investors would hand you one, two, 10, $50 million properties right now if you could take over their property from them. Well, but, okay, you're, you're bringing up a good point. Let, let me go back. This is, we haven't even talked about this, you and I. All right, so real estate, and you buy real estate, you borrow money, that's the advantage, the leverage, the appreciation. We've talked about the tax advantage of real estate. In your world, I'm just asking, because I have guys that, that, that they buy the property, they borrow the money, but eventually their goal is, hey, I don't want any debt. I'm going to pay it all off, and then I'll just own the, the building, and the, every all the cash flow comes to me because I'm not paying any debt. It comes to me, and I use that, and I spend that, and some of that is tax-free because of the depreciation. Are you saying, I'm, I'm asking, I have no idea, that would you always have debt on a real estate building for forever? 
in which case is fine. I'm just curious. I know we never talked about this. Right? No, um, uh, I, I don't believe that debt. Um, there are some investors. I believe the end result, the end goal is to own a heavily cash flowing asset okay. that you have to modernize every okay. 10 years. So you get build up depreciation again, but to own a very heavily cash flowing asset that you own free and clear. So my goal okay. is- Okay, your is to get free and clear. Okay. But, but right. how you acquire that asset. Yeah, you need to borrow money to acquire it. Yeah. It should be borrowed money from other assets. Yes. Now this is okay. very advanced. So let's say you own a, um, let's just say you, you have a asset that's worth $15 million and you've got 6 million of your own equity in it. Right. So, so you refinance that equity. You take out $3 million borrowed money. Yep. You take that borrowed money and you go buy another asset. And if, right. so now you don't have any tax on that money and you go buy a cash flowing asset. When you buy that asset, especially if you're buying an opportunity zone or whatever, you can get a lot of other incentives and you could also uh, invest money, your own money into that asset. And uh, like, if you want to improve the asset. So to answer the question it is it's all in how you acquire the, the that initial asset if you right. do it with borrowed money, then you're you are in a you're in a different world. When I right. say borrowed money, because then now you can liquidate that other asset, it pays off yeah. all those loans, and you didn't pay tax on that legally. No, no, that's good. No, no, that's good. So, so, but eventually you might want to own because I, I got some real estate guys that you know they they build four properties, four strip centers. They sell three of the strip centers. They keep the last one because free and clear. They made the money on the other three other people's money and they just bought the fourth one themselves and kept it and they go build another four borrowed money sell three of them but take the all that money to pay off the fourth so now they own two free and clear and they just keep doing that as a strategy or there's another guy that i have that does a little different where he'll build four strip centers sell them but he'll always keep you know 10 to 20 percent so this is almost the opposite where he just wants 10 to 20 percent of 10, 20 different properties that that he's not even running anymore. He's just getting, you know, a, a, a cash flowing property like you talked about. His that's the opposite, which is I I just want to, I'm gonna build these things, I'm gonna sell them, and I'm gonna keep 10 or 20 percent. I'll just have a cash flowing asset that I don't even have to run, anymore, which which is also a good way to do it. Well, you know, there is no right or wrong way to do yeah. anything. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about real estate, is it's so it's so unregulated. It's so regulated, but it's also so unregulated. So yeah. um, it, it's crazy, but it's not just real estate. You can buy companies that way too. But yes, good point. there is no right or wrong way, but I do think the end goal in real estate is you pick a number. Let's just say you wanted to retire with $50,000 a month okay. of income. Now, That's a lot per month. How about you just start off with 10,000 a month? Let's just say 10,000. That's 120. 10,000 a month. If that's what you yeah. really want, I think you should spend uh, 30 or 35 years working, investing, you know, somewhere in the area of uh, $500 a month. And you can build up a $10,000 a month income without ever going into real estate, without ever risking. You could, you could build all that in your retirement funds. If that's what you really want to retire on, that's, but if you really want a higher number. Well, you can have 10,000 in real estate though too. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you want a $10,000 a month. You can argue that you could get there, but it's you're going to have to be somewhere if you're going to own it free and clear, probably somewhere around um, 
income producing in the 30 to 40,000 a month? Because you can figure 50% figure of your income is going to be to maintaining the asset. That means- Oh, that's a good point. Okay, really? Overhead. Um, so yeah, 50% yeah. of your income. So you're going to need 40,000 net if you want, if you want 10, you're going to need 40. So you got 50 cent going to your percent going to the asset. 20,000 is now coming in, but you've got a picture if you own that free and clear that up to 50% of that could be tax. So you don't know what taxes are going to be like in the future. So if you want a $10,000 a month income, it's really going to take you to get the 40. Okay. Oh, this is good math. All right. What you're saying, and I bet a lot of people just look at it as basic. Hey, I want 10,000 a month. I just need a property or several properties, but I have 10 rental properties that, that produce a thousand a month. That's 10,000 a year in cash flow. But you would be saying it would be no, no, no. You really need 40,000 a month in cash flow because half of that money needs to go back into the building to fix the air condition unit and redo the paint when somebody moves out and redo the roof every whatever. 15 years or whatever. So that's a great point. I bet most people don't think about those numbers. They think about the, the gross number of 10,000 a month. No, no, what you're saying is no, if you really want to spend 10,000 a month, you need 40,000 a month in income, 30,000, whatever your number is. That's great math. We hadn't even talked about that. Yeah, and, and I think that's just, that's experience uh, being yeah, experienced in real good. estate, knowing that you never make what you think you're making. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always, there's always that thing down the road. I'm going to give you an exact example. We had this little, you know, about the house on the lake we sold. And yeah. so we bought that on terms, no money down, no credit. They were ready to sign the, the property over. Anyway, to make a long story short, we sold the property. I got a check for $85,000 at closing. And, okay. and the, the person who sold me the property on terms, um, they were a little upset because they saw me make $84,000. And, um, but what they didn't understand is I invested $45,000 out of my pocket into that property. And so, you know, and I was, I was explaining to them, I was like, man, you got to understand that I put my own money at risk and it was a property you couldn't sell. So yeah, it might look like $84,000 check that I got in my hand, but. Right. But I, I had other expenses that went in there. I didn't even make half of that. Plus all of the prop, the expenses along the way for the four years I had it. And so everybody always, I, I uh -huh. hear, they're just looking at the gross number, aren't they? I hear these TikTok videos, how to make $50,000 on one. Yeah. I made, I made $50,000 on one house uh, turning paper. Okay. Right. You do four of those houses in the year and you're a broker and the, I mean, not a broker, you're a dealer. And okay. the, the, we're talking about wholesaling people. You hear yeah. all, people wholesaling flipping contracts do four yes. in a year and the irs will show up at your house and say you owe us a lot of money the, <laughs> high, the highest tax bracket there is is real estate dealer and those are wholesalers and they don't realize it until it hits them there's a company out of miami <laughs> there's a company out of miami i can't think of the name of it uh but they do about five thousand wholesale contracts a year but they always close they don't flip contracts. They always close, put the property in their name, and then they resell the property. It keeps them from this dealer thing, um, but it costs, oh, money, costs money yeah. to close. It always it does. So they own their own title company. So I know we're, we're, this wasn't- No, no, we went down a hole, but I like this. This is good. So the three simple ways were to, to make money. You got to basic, you know, use your business, you got to make money. Got to cover your basic needs, but then some. 
And he was saying, you got to save money, which goes back to like you were saying, manage your spending, make sure you're not spending everything you make, start to automate your payments, you know, profit first or, or saving 10%, you know, you believe in tithing, you know, giving to the church 10%, whatever your numbers need to be, but automate that. And then investing, we would say, okay, invest in the real estate, whether it be your own building or another commercial property, invest in a retirement plan, you know, put some money away, pre-tax and all that stuff invest in some after-tax money. People use money you pay tax on will put in stocks and bonds that will be used to generate cash at a future date, whether it's dividends or capital gains or buying another piece of real estate or business, which goes back. So one of the things about the real estate pillar, and I've never stressed this enough, I don't believe you should go in the real estate pillar until you are fully funding your retirement accounts. Oh, no, that's a good point. Okay. That means, that means, okay. So let's say, let's just say you own a company and you have a 401k for your employees. That means you're matching 4%. So you, you are at least putting 4% of your own money in and you're matching there. So that's fully funding your retirement. You can put away $27,000 yourself and then you get the 4% match. So what you're saying is realistically say it's, you're paying yourself a hundred grand. So that's 4,000 bucks on top of the 27. So you're saying, don't do the real estate till you're putting thirty-one thousand a year in your four hundred one k. You 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 really should be fully funding your retirement. Account. Okay. Unless you can thought of it that way without any money. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a different story. But okay. the other thing is, if you have kids that are, we have kids. I think you should be fully funding a a college fund for them, so they okay. so they at least have the choice. And okay. and I'm not a big I'm not a big proponent of. Right. Like, like you got to go to college. I don't believe that that's the right path for everybody, but at least if you fully fund your kids' retire, uh, retirement college funds, they have the choice. And okay. so then that's not a concern because there's nothing worse than all of a sudden your son or daughter is 18 years old and they get accepted to um, some Ivy, Ivy League college and you're going to try to right. figure out how to pay for that and you have no money saved for the retirement account or for their uh, college fund. So- yeah. I think it just that's good. You got some priorities of which way you like to fund it before you get into the real estate. I, I think real estate can be um it's like any other investment outside of a retirement fund. It should never be any money that you are you can't afford to lose. Oh, I like that. Okay, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's not a sure bet. There's money at risk. There's always issues that could come up, like you said, a new roof or new air condition. You know, you had to spend some money on that property. That's actually very interesting. I never thought about that in that in the order of things. Yeah, that's like I think Dave Ramsey has like the 10 steps. You know, he wants you to have a thousand dollars in the bank. He's got like the ten, you know, be debt free. You could buy a house, uh, but other than that, you're debt free, and then he wants you to pay off the house as soon as you can. So he kind of has an order of things. So Dave Mulvaney has an order of things, is what we're saying. Yeah. Dave's got all right, before you get into it, you got your business, we're making money, we're paying your bills, think you need to start a 401k, then we start to buy some real estate. Oh, oh, front of 401k, fund a college 529 plan or whatever, prepaid, you're in Florida, you can prepay some Florida stuff. And then go into real estate. That's kind of your order. Okay, that's good. I hadn't thought of that one. My son got two years into college and was like, this ain't for me. And so I took the 529 and I rolled it over into my daughter's 529. Yes, right, you can do that. Um. Of course, the Florida prepaid, they cut us a check. So the balance of his, right. so they cut right. us a check, which was the same amount we paid in. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a great investment if your kids don't go to. I understand. Yeah. It's very hard. More and more states are making it nearly impossible 
if you live in the state, you got to have phenomenal grades to get into the college because they. That know is that. true. Yes, it is. So, it's the craziest thing. We're just we're digress again. I got two kids. You got two kids, and so in state is getting hard. I'm in Georgia, so going to Georgia is hard. Going to Georgia Tech is hard. Uh, going to Florida, going to Florida State, going to Miami, very hard. Um, yeah, but then you know what happens if you go out of state, like out of state public schools. If a Georgia kid goes to Florida, that's fifty thousand a year. Yes, that's a lot of. If a Georgia kid goes to Auburn or a Florida kid goes to Auburn, that's fifty thousand a year. That's tuition. That's and that's out of state tuition, and that's room and board. So you got a place for the kid to live and to eat, right? That's a lot of money. Big difference between going an in-state and doing a prepaid thing where, where you paid. I think Georgia, and I just know these numbers because my kids are at Georgia, right? So if if, if you go to Georgia and it's it's like twenty-four thousand dollars roughly all in, right? Tuition and uh, room and board, about twelve for tuition, twelve for room and board. But if you get the Hope Scholarship, which pretty much to go to Georgia, you had to have good grades in order to get in. You pretty much have to have them. In that case, you're getting tuition mostly free sometimes you have to pay some fees but you're still paying fourteen thousand a year because your kid needs to be uh, housing and food and if they do other activities sports or sorority or attorneys or whatever like that so you're still it's not free you're still paying 14 grand but it's not 50 grand yeah and then if you go to private colleges i know these numbers because my other stuff seventy thousand eighty thousand dollars per year which is just berserk provided provided you're not in a state like new york or california in a private college there because so if you've got a college fund for them they put state tax on the money you like if you send your kid to a private (laughs) california they tax the money that you're investing in the college for your kid to go i mean so it's crazy college is expensive that is ridiculous the, the the reality is when we talk about the four pillars in today's step, yeah. uh, the not so simple steps, yes, the wealth, what makes it not so simple is that each one of these, like as we went down these little rabbit hook trails, today, yeah, yeah. The, the reality is there's one word that keeps popping in the mind. It, it just takes discipline. Yeah. Yes. And that's very good. Consistency and discipline because the discipline comes in when you get in financial struggles, not if, when you get right. into financial struggles in life to not go and grab money out of your 401k or right. to not go and grab money out of your IRAs to not um, maybe liquidate your real estate assets, all of them, because you need to try to support yeah. your lifestyle. Rather, yeah. you probably ought to sell the house that is costing you all the money than to try to keep your lifestyle by liquidating the things that are bringing cash flow. That's well, it's doing. funny. No, no, it's funny you say that. So, so I have one particular, uh, this happened more than one. So I'm just thinking of one conversation, but I've talked to several business owners that went through the 08, 9, 10 crisis, right? So the hundred year flood, their businesses went to heck, you know, lost a bunch of money, you know, didn't have any money, didn't make any money. And now they're, you know, here we are, whatever, 10, 12 years later, they're back, their business is successful. They're making a lot of money. They're buying a fancy house or they're buying a fancy car or buying a fancy second home. And it is so funny, you have some of those people that are like, you know, woohoo, like the, the glory days will never end. Then you have the people which you just talked about, which is saying, you know, they tell their spouse, all right, if, if we hit hard times again, the first thing to go is this beach house. You know, the first thing to go is this fancy car. So it's, it's funny you say that in that there are, you know, 
which is probably a better way to be, right? To have the discipline to say, look, I'll spend the extra money and buy you this fancy house or we'll buy a fancy uh, beach house or lake house or whatever. But knowing if, you know, if oh, hey, it's again, you've almost pre-signed, you pre-agreed with me, Dave, that we're freaking selling the beach house if my revenues fall below a certain dollar amount. Now, whether that would really happen or not, I don't know, but at least they have the discipline to have the conversation up front. Yeah, that, because the reality is, um, so you talk about, like my business, um, that my manufacturing company, it went through hard times in 09, but I was sitting on a lot of cash and a great credit. And I, I was yeah, one of the yeah. few people who could borrow a lot of money in 09. Yeah. It took all the way until the end of 2015 for that to catch up. So okay, my, okay. my game was actually over. What I should have done is take the hit and, and reform my company. And, it's like a Band-Aid, pull it right off. Yeah, I should have just... Like, <laughs> cut staff and there's a of course hindsight's always oh but we learn lessons from that and i should have and i was building a, a you know over a million dollar house in 09 i mean right. talk about right. arrogant like this will never come to an end um it, everybody believes when you're in it that it's never going to come to the the gravy train is never that's right to an end. and that's why we have the four pillars that's why i believe that's right. in the four yeah. pillars is those four pillars are what saved me. They could save anybody. The real estate pillars what really saved me. When I had a company that was going down the drain, I was like, yeah, let's get rid of our house because that was a right. big payment. You know, like, let's yeah, get rid of yeah. that first. Let's start downsizing and let's start reforming. But we had income from real estate. I, I had uh, real estate that I owned free and clear. And so yeah, yeah. income was coming in. And I'm like, we could just. We'll be okay. We'll make it through. It wasn't, right. wasn't that much, but that's pretty good. All right. I'm going to kind of bring this back to full circle. So we started this out episode 161, three not so simple steps to build wealth. I think what you, what you talked about, which were, Hey, you make money, cover your basic needs, make enough money. So it's more than that. Number two, you know, make money, save money, invest money. That's what this guy was saying. I was like, yeah, I like the simplification. You and I said, well, it's a little more complex than that, but it sounds good on paper. You know, three simple ways to make money. Right, three simple ways to build wealth. Three simple ways to use your business to build wealth. You and I know it's more complex, but I think you hit on it. Discipline or consistency is the key, and why you and I believe in the four pillars is exactly that. You hit the rough times, not if but when. You'd like to have those four pillars, those kind of diversification that you could always draw upon. You know, if the business hitting hard times, you still had your real estate. That was your example, right? If the stock market's having a hard time, you still got your business, right, and your real estate, right? So, so that's a great point. So one, um, one more thing about that. I will yeah. say this. When was, when was the best time to start doing all of this? Of course. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's like the oak tree. Yeah. It was, it was yesterday, 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. When was the, when's the next best time to start doing all of this? Yeah. Right now. now. Right now. It's exactly right. Um, that's exactly right. And, and I, yeah, that's a great point. I totally agree with that. We were, uh, yeah. What was that? There's some movie line that I love and it says like every, you know, it's like a really dramatic, but I've kind of taken it out of context. I can't remember what it was. Every moment is, is, a, is a chance to start over, yeah. right? Every, every day, I thought it was every moment. Every day is a chance, a new day to start over, right? Yeah. You can start these strategies, these disciplines, these consistencies today, right? Yep. Just like, well, heck, I was just thinking about, you know, losing weight and, and making good decisions, right? Every day is a good day to start. You want to start losing 10 pounds? Well, today's a good day to start. You want to start working out every day? Today's a good day to start. You want to quit smoking? Today's a good day to stop smoking, right? Right. 
So every 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 day is a chance to turn it around. That's yeah. kind of fun. Zig Ziglar used to say, "Today's first day of the rest of your life." Well, that's uh, okay. that's the same thought process. Is today you can you can you can't change yesterday, but you can change tomorrow, and it starts today. So I like that. All right, uh, three not so simple steps to build your wealth. Okay. Uh, we do this all the time. This is what we do in our group coaching program. Uh, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com. Our irresistible offer right now is we can find any business owner $50,000, $75,000, $100,000 in your business without spending a dollar more on advertising or marketing. That's a uh, profit acceleration session. We know the money's in your business. We know how to find it. We know how to teach you to make more money so then you can save it and invest it, right? We can do that. Uh, reach out to us. Hey, this is on our YouTube channel, ProfitabilityMD.com. Uh, I'm sorry, our website, ProfitabilityMD.com, our YouTube channel, ProfitabilityMD, and then this podcast, ProfitabilityMD, where you get your podcast. This is good stuff. I like kind of our little, uh, we took a little digressions today, but this was a good conversation. Well, it was good, good, uh, good conversation. All right, Matt, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Right. See you.